Hi everybody and welcome to the video and live streaming show. I'm John Lacey and I'm joined as always by Sam Proof. Today we're talking all about repurposing content, why you might want to do it, how you might like to think about it and some of the opportunities that exist in your content library. We are going out to all of the places so if you are watching live let us know in the chat where you're watching from and in fact we're going to try something new Sam. Yeah. If you're watching live Type in hashtag team live. And if you're watching a replay somewhere, hashtag team replay. So Sam, how are you, how are you going? How's your week been? Uh, good. I've been dealing with sick kids all week. I, my, my youngest was sick at the beginning of the week and then ended up going back to school today just in time for Betty to get sick and stay mm. home. So it's been like that. Uh, and all the, all the time I was working on a new project. We're launching a podcast for Cute Avalanche. It's our first cat paw cast so uh i've been trying to get all those ducks in a row so the cats can eat the ducks because i guess that's what happened which it's coming up <laughs> next uh next wednesday this this coming wednesday june 14th at 11 30 a.m pacific standard time over on the cute avalanche youtube channel so so go find that and notify yourself <laughs> how's everything with you john uh, everything's going pretty well. Um, I I have taken some time off from my day job to, to just chill out and, and work on some, some side projects. And I've been recording some podcast interviews and learning some new software and abandoning some software because it wasn't playing nicely with other software. So it's it's always fun. But, you know, we're here at the, the weekend. So that's that's always nice. Um, big hello to CG. Thank you for, for joining us. Um so, yeah, I guess today we, we want to sort of talk about repurposing content. And I guess, you know, it can be really tempting as a creator to want to just create, create, create day in, day out all the yeah. time. Um, but let's be real. That's really, really difficult. Uh, if, you, if you're creating anything that's of any value to anybody, there's a good chance there's some time and energy and effort and potentially even money going into that. So I guess, Sam, what, why should we think about maybe reusing some of our existing content? Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the long and the short of it is uh, not everybody's seen your content and the chance of you actually, you know, getting so upfront in the, in the face of the same person that many times that they're going to be like, well, I'm out of here is actually very small. Like more often than not, you're going to attract all new people on all different platforms. This is a way to take one thing, break it up so that you can take the most interesting parts of it. Uh, and put it everywhere, you know, like it, it's, uh, we talk often about spreading yourself too thin and that's generally more about trying to dedicate a lot of time to each particular platform and things like that. Whereas this maximizes the, uh, the amount of work you can actually do from what you've done already. You know, it takes something and spreads it out. <laughs> Absolutely. And I guess, it's really important to keep in mind that uh, a lot of the social media algorithms are incredibly fickle. Um, yes. They won't, they won't show everything to everybody. Uh, and I know sometimes content creators can be really self-conscious and be like, but I made a post about this back in 1997. I can't talk about it again. And it's like, no, right. you, you really do. Um, I, and to be honest, even if the same users are seeing the same messages over and over again, that's actually a good thing. Like, you know, they do need time to learn the things that you're trying to convey and to internalize those messages. I mean, there's a reason why, you know, we don't play an, a, an advertisement one time and just never again, you know, right. that reinforcement is really important. Yeah. But I guess the other thing too is like, uh, you know, if you, if you have put that time and energy and effort into something and it hasn't quite got the uh, reception you were hoping it would, 
it doesn't necessarily mean the content's bad. It it may just need mean that you need to do other things with it. And often, just resurfacing an existing piece of content can be really, really useful. Um, so I guess the, those are a couple of things that I'd encourage people to keep in mind. So I guess the the pillar that under that, that sort of exists underneath all of this is the idea of building a content library. Yeah. And um, I guess it's, you know, may, maybe I should let you speak to this one first, Sam, because I, I do have some thoughts, but I, I know that you have some as well. Yeah, I, I mean, this is really just all about being organized in your creative process about what it is you're doing and how it is you're storing all of that. Because you don't want to just be like, you know, like literally before the show we were talking about, uh, I'm not, not to call John out on this, but we were talking about like when we're recording things through OBS, he just defaults to that record folder that OBS goes to. And I actually have different shows and things and I have it go to different folders just to make it easier to find it after the fact or once I've remuxed it. Um, and having that sort of preconceived architecture for how you are storing your files is going to help you later and finding those files to use for different things. You know, you don't want to just have like, oh, I just put everything in my downloads folder. I just download all of the things I've ever done into one folder and then spend an hour trying to find that Christmas gif of myself so that I can post that because Christmas is coming. You know, you want a little organization to help you on your journey. Sure. And I guess, um, you know, I, I did I did actually say that before we went live. But to be honest, once I've remuxed them, I do move them to, to a yeah. different folder structure. And to be really honest, nine probably 90% of the battle is just establishing some folder structures and some yeah. conventions, filing name conventions. Yeah, so, and, I mean, and just I, a workflow. Because yeah, I think absolutely. you are actually probably more organized after the fact, you know, like the, the, that one particular issue is like, it's a non-issue. <laughs> and like, I, I, I do hear from people that use a lot of automation to, uh, mm -hmm. to you know, send files to Dropboxes and then notify yeah. an editor to go in and, and do their work on it and whatever. Um, but really, like, I, I have folders for um, different shows. So I've got one for this show. I've got one for the Coffee and Content show, which I haven't done in a little while. But it's, you know, I used to do that quite religiously. I've got one for my podcast. Um, I like to combine all the assets for a particular project in the same place. Mm -hmm. And this could be video, this could be uh, text, this could be a transcript for a video or audio podcast. It could be thumbnails and graphics. The idea is that we have all these things together where it makes sense to, to have them. Um, because, you know, as you say, it's, it's all about refining those things when you need them. And... You know, if you if you do have a have a way of organizing that and being able to refine uh, find those things again easily, then that's that's really half the battle. So as long as you know where they are, and I guess the other thing too, depending on what kind of cloud services you might be using, I know I use a lot of Google Drive, for example. Uh, if all else fails, it has a pretty pretty robust search function, so I can usually think of one or two words that I I know would probably be in there and look for it in that way. But generally speaking, like, I really want to make sure it's in the place I expect it to be. So when I do need to go and look for it, I, I can. Yeah, I, I think, you know, different projects have different needs. Like case in point with the, you know, cute avalanche kitten stuff. Um, all of my folders are initially 
sorted by litter. So I know like, you know, whatever the current litter is, like the orange pops, that is its own folder. And they just kind of go that way. So I can be like, these are these cats. And it saves a lot of guessing when I go, which orange cat is this? And we're like, okay, this is this particular litter. I'm pretty sure I know which one it is. Whereas with a lot of the Sam Proof vlog stuff I used to do on YouTube, that was all chronologically organized by folders per year, per month. So that I could be like, uh, I needed Christmas stuff. I'm going to go into December 2021 and take a look there, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm I know WordPress uh actually and this is a bit outside of the scope of the video and live streaming show, but I I know traditionally WordPress used to categorize images that you would upload by year, then by month, then by day yeah. and that was really not a useful thing for me because I don't have this this photographic memory of, you know, when did I upload a particular file. So, again, it's, you know, I've been saying this all week to all kinds of people in all kinds of contexts. It's really about finding something that works for you. But again, uh, you know, folders and file naming conventions are just amazing. And, like, if you've if you've put those things together, like, you know, just being able to find them is, is such a powerful thing. But let's let's actually talk about some of the different uh, format types that, that you might potentially be working with. I mean, obviously, this is the video and live streaming show, so we have a bit of a bias towards those sorts of things. But I kind of encourage people to think um, more, like, a, more holistically in terms of all the things they're creating. And, you know, think about those those text posts and those those image captions that you're using. If you've spent any time on those, um, it's a really good idea to actually save them somewhere and ideally with the same project. Um, it's it's often one of those things that if I've if I've created a you know a vertical video, for example, and I have a caption that goes with it, I will save that as a pure text file in the same folder mm -hmm. with those things. So if I ever want to repost it again or if I want to take information out of it, and that's also a really great opportunity to put things like links and usernames and other people you might want to tag in, in that particular piece of content. So that's that's a really good way of thinking about that. Um, Sam, I guess I'll just open this up to you. Like, uh, how do you think in terms of different content types and, and reusing them and remixing them, I guess? I, I, there's too much. It's just, <laughs> it, it gets to, you know, a, a crazy place. But yeah, like if you're doing something you know, much like you said, you're creating a vertical video with captions like that in itself is usable as a different format, as like a slide for an Instagram or a tweet post or something like that. So, yeah. And anything you're creating should be archived. So I highly recommend getting very familiar with something like Google Sheets and creating a good format that you can reference on that. Uh, so you can look back and be like, what are the what are the good bites that I had from here? Are the good captions, you know, and like try and organize those as best you can because everything can be reused somewhere else. And it, it's funny, I completely forgot how invested you are in spreadsheets. So we'll have to have that conversation one day. <laughs> um, but I, I do hear other people uh, talk about Airtable and uh, sure. you know, different, there Airtable's are all kinds okay. of... There are all yeah. kinds of systems out there. And again, it just depends on, on what you need. Um, mine, in some ways, is quite manual. And, you know, it's really, really simple. But, I mean, I just love... 
I, this is a bit of an aside, but I just love writing stuff in Windows Notepad because there's no mm-hmm. formatting, there's no fancy toolbars. I can just sit there and, and write what I need to write. If I copy and paste that somewhere, it's not going to bring in weird formatting in the way that it does for some places. And as a web, someone with a web design and development background, I'm forever telling people to stop copying stuff out of Word documents into their web pages. So that's uh, that's a good thing yeah. uh, as well. But um, I feel like there was something else I was going to say about text mm. uh, documents. Ah, yes. Uh, so, if you have a long piece of text, you can actually break that up into a Twitter thread, which is something that I kind yep. of do a lot. This is an example some of you may have seen before, but I, I just want to bring it up again. So, this is, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I want to say a solid year ago, perhaps, uh, I, yeah. I, I initially interviewed Sam and about Cute Avalanche specifically. And I just wanted to talk about some of the things that, that I did to sort of remix and reuse this content. So we started out with, with this uh, this interview. Um, this is just the thumbnail of the, the video that, of the conversation we had. I actually went into PowerPoint and I made slides based on the transcript of what Sam actually said. Um, and I, you know, you can, you can export those as individual images, which work in certain places like, uh, Instagram is, is a great example. Uh, Facebook as well, potentially, although they show up a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Um, but the nice thing about this was that Sam was really talking about two different things at the same time. Like he was talking uh, in a really high level way about just getting started, but he was also addressing some of the OBS specific features um, that, that you might need to use and how you can get started simply. And I just love that that worked on different, different, uh, two different levels. So it was a great opportunity to call out different things at different times. So I guess, you know, even conceptually, you know, think about, uh, you know, what are the different points that you can call out? And if you have like a half an hour interview with somebody, there's probably a good five, six, seven angles uh, or subjects that you've covered or different things that you can really um, come to. So I guess it's really important to keep putting things in front of a potential audience because they won't always bite straight away, but it's really, you want to give them the opportunity that if they do have the time and they, they want to pick up that thread that they can do that as well. So that's, that's a really good thing. So those are some examples, but I guess let's turn our focus to video and live streaming specifically, Sam. Uh, You know, we've, we've just done a live, uh, a live stream. We've got a video recording. What should we do with it? Well, that's it. Go plan for the next live. No, don't. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely gold that you have there. And now you need to go into it uh, and and find all the moments. And if you're smart about it, while you're streaming, you can have other like things set up so that you can actually find those moments easier. That might be a conversation for a whole other day. But, you know, there's a bunch of services like Twitch has markers and things like that where you can just hit a key on your stream deck, make a mark in your timeline, and then in the Twitch uh, creator, you go in and find that and be like, this is what this was a good thing I was talking about. It's, you know, if you're a one-man show like we kind of are, uh, and you're on screen and you're directing and you're trying to run the interview and all these things, uh, it might be too much to ask for you to also be the person taking notes so you may have to just review your whole thing after the fact. And like, as you go through, uh, find those moments and, you know, take timestamps and be like, this is what happens here. This is what happens here. Beautiful thing about when you do that and you take those timestamps and just make like literally make a uh, document with like, you know, 
10, 10 minutes, 15 seconds, uh, we talk about uh, uh, different format types, whatever it is. Um, once you have that big list of all of those things, aside from the fact that you can then go back into it and now cut those down into clips and vertical videos and take uh, like transcript sound bites and turn those into things, um, you can take that entire timestamp thing that you've just made and throw that into your YouTube archive. And now you've made chapters that are clickable within YouTube. So people can be like, oh, I want to see the thing where they talk about Instagram. Boom. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it is, you sort of talked about uh, being part of a team or being like a solo content person. And sure. I guess the only thing I want to add to that, especially for beginners, is it's really important to go back and watch and listen to your own content. Yes. And I know it's so cringe-inducing when you start, yeah. but it's really important feedback to actually go in and do that. So, I mean, certainly there are all kinds of video editing options. You can actually take clips out of YouTube specifically um, directly in that way. Um, there are all kinds of AI tools that I don't like to mention for obvious reasons, but they do exist and they may or yeah. may not work for you. Try them out. Let me know. Um, I just want to talk a little bit about some of my workflow in TechSmith Camtasia. And we have sort yeah. of done a, uh, a longer show on this um, specifically. So if you want to check out the archives, but essentially this is, uh, this is actually a recording that um, an interview that Tanya Smith from Stream Like a Boss did with me. I've got a couple of clips on, on this, uh, this timeline. I guess to Sam's point, you can certainly go in and add those uh, those references. Uh, it is possible from Camtasia to export this directly to YouTube and it will take that information and put it in the description automatically. I've never really done that. I always do it manually. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. I'm probably just a control freak, but um, that's something to, to note too. But the thing I really want to call out about Camtasia specifically is that I can actually select a region within my content I can right click and I can go uh, add the, add this uh, section to uh, the the Camtasia library. So nice. that way I can I can and I do you know I still need to go through and watch this and listen to it and and pick out the moments that I think will be most relevant to the audience. But once I do that, um, I can actually go over to this this section here on the left hand side of the screen for those of you who are watching. And this is basically the library. This is where all these clips exist. And if I create a new f file within Camtasia, I can just drag that content straight onto the timeline. I can, it, it'll all be grouped together, but I can ungroup that. I can sort of edit the audio. I can maybe silence myself out when I'm not talking. I can add embellishments on top of this. I can do captioning. And that way I sort of got the, the clip ready to go. So, I mean, that in itself, and to be honest, you can... I, I'm using the Camtasia library mostly for for video, but you can put your audio in there, you can put your music in there, you can put the graphics, your branding elements, all that stuff in there. And it's really, you can, you can organize this into different folders. I don't do a lot of that. I probably should do a little bit more than I do at the moment, but you can have different libraries and different folders within those libraries. And you can actually search within that library too. So that... That is really awesome. And I don't know, I mean, I, I, I don't use a lot of other video editing software except a little bit of CapCut, but mm -hmm. I'm not really sure that the, there are many things out there that have that specific library feature. So if you use one and it does, please please let us know in the chat. I'd love to learn more about that. But I just found that incredibly useful. Yeah, that's awesome. I wish uh, CapCut had something even remotely like that. That is my biggest... Uh, 
complaint about CapCut is that it is like a single serve timeline per project kind of thing. So like your your media, you just you're constantly importing the same media if you want to reuse it for different things. And I guess the other thing too, like if you um and and again we I, I think we've done we've done a CapCut versus Camtasia show. So if you're interested in either of those pieces of software, yeah. you might <clears> want to check that one out. But um the other nice thing about um Camtasia is you can actually create your own template. So I could actually just have a couple of empty boxes with where I want the videos to be and then include that in the library and then just drag it out and have my, my branding elements there ready to go. So again, I my feeling is there'll, there'll be all kinds of variations on this depending on the software you're using. But, um, you know, it's, it's worth exploring a little bit to see how you can work with that. I guess um, the other thing too, like... When you are live streaming, whether you're doing a local recording, maybe you're using a third-party tool like Restream or StreamYard, it's a really good idea to download those recordings and store them somewhere. Yes. Because if they're lost, they're lost forever. And it's not to say that everything you do will be pure gold that you you want to reuse, but I think it's really worthwhile to have that option. There's nothing worse than sort of losing a recording that you, you wanted to to work with. So, I know or I understand, Sam, that you've uh, you've invested in some hard drives recently. Oh yeah, <laughs> sure. Yeah, I've I've got a bunch of different hard drives. Um, <clears throat> I have I have all of my projects kind of spe specified. So, like, Cute Avalanche has dedicated hard drives for its media collection, and then I have a separate one for production. And then Samproof has its own sort of media drive and then a separate one for production. So, yeah. <laughs> I and I guess that's, that's and the thing with... fail me, I'm going to cry. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> I guess that's the thing we really need to underscore with video and especially long form video is that you're going to use a lot of space. So yeah. it's really important to think about that up front. And I mean, uh, external hard drives, um, <clears throat> NAS storage. I've, I've got a NAS um, yes. set up here at home. Um, I've got to remember to actually back things up to it from my local computer because my, my hard drive is, is looking very full at the moment. Um, but again, potentially you could use cloud services, but just be mindful that, you know, you might need to switch those off when you're going live in case they're trying to upload giant videos while you're oh, trying sure. to stream. Yeah. Uh, it depends a little bit on the the speed of your internet connection, but just, just keep that in mind as well. Obviously, I guess the other opportunity for repurposing live streams is is that short-form vertical video. So, Sam, what kind of things do you think it's do you think we should keep in mind when when repurposing our content as a as a YouTube short or a TikTok or a reel? Sure. Well, I mean, the the recording itself is where you're going to start. Like, if you're able to, uh, and you can actually just record that, you know, through like the ATEM uh, OBS plugin, so that it is already formatted. It's its own file. I think that helps speed things up a lot of the time. Um, but yeah, you you just want to go in and find like. Um, really quick sound bites that start right on point with with shorts you don't have time for like chit chat and you know set up it's get to the problem get to the solution so you want it to be anywhere from seven seconds to at the longest maybe a minute uh and that's generous probably 30 seconds is the longest uh i think 24 is what i've heard is like the the golden long form short content if you will but i've i have a lot of luck in the seven to ten um, 
So yeah, you really, you don't want this sort of setup thing happening. You just want, does your cat like peeing outside the litter box? Here's five tips, whatever it is. And then you go. Uh, yeah, with, with short form stuff, you want to find those sound bites that are extremely concise and really just get right to the point uh, of supporting whatever that issue is, you know. I must admit, this is something I don't feel I'm particularly good at because I I will use all 59 seconds of, <laughs> of, of the video because I just, you know, you t <clears throat> I don't know how you give anybody five tips in, in 24 seconds. Um, so I, I guess that's the thing. You need to think about it as a complete thought and a short yeah. thought because the... The attention span, like you're you you're literally only a flick away from the the viewer moving on to another right. piece of content. I mean, you so. you have lit literally like a half second to grab people at that point. It's you know swipe and <laughs> right here. If you haven't grabbed them by this second <laughs> half swipe, then you're gone. Um, so it really is just like you have to find just the most outlandish not outlandish is a little bit much, but just on point thing. Uh, instantly and you know legitimately probably the best um, vertical videos are specifically made for vertical video but for what we're talking about you know you can repurpose and take sound bites and do it so you just have to pick those choice bits and I guess like we're we're approaching this from a horizontal first perspective right. um but you can, if if you've been accepted into the various programs, you know, you can stream vertically to TikTok and Instagram. Yeah. So it could be that maybe your, your content is already in that format. And in that case, it's it's probably even easier to repurpose yeah. in that sense. But I, I mean, all kinds of uh, multicasting software now give you some sort of version of, uh, of individual recordings. So... It's not usually a big deal, but just keep in mind that you're probably going to have to crop some of uh, of the footage. So again, I know it's it's the most unsexy piece of advice I can give you, but just be in the middle of the frame. That's that's yeah. probably the the starting point. So you know, and I guess the other thing too is a lot of uh, I mean, both certainly TikTok and and YouTube Shorts they do have a lot of user interface at the top and the mm -hmm. bottom. So mm -hmm. whatever you want people to focus on should be in the middle. So uh, centered vertical and horizontally, and, and you should be good to go. But again, think about yeah. a complete thought, but also a really short and, and snappy and, and pithy thought as well. Yeah. And, and I would say <clears throat> um, two other things, which is, you know, all of these platforms are aware that this kind of thing is happening. So they really sort of lean in to people who specifically make content in that, that app. So go in to the YouTube shorts app or the reels or the TikTok, and whatever captions you were going to put in, uh, if you put those in manually and now you've added extra minutes per, you know, per each instance of this to do that. But if you put those captions in through the app itself, um, it's going to be searchable and it's going to kind of give you a little heavier weight to uh, your algorithm hits. Uh, that's, that's the trick. So that is potentially better than if you just do it all in, in, you know, your editing software or maybe do 50% to save some time. Um, the other thing I wanted to say is cause you reminded me with the YouTube thing. Um, you've streamed, right? You're going out 
and you know, theoretically you've streamed or archived your video on YouTube, you can then go in and use their remix tool to then make that same clip through that tool. I would almost encourage you to do both. Use the remix tool, which will directly link to the original source material, but also do like the uploaded shorts, you know, because <laughs> I think you're going to reach two different audiences. So, sure. And I guess, um, you know, especially, you know, you've mentioned this and I've certainly mentioned this in previous weeks. When you're going live, you're wearing a lot of hats and it's yeah. very difficult to do a lot of things at the same time in real time. So yeah. I think often when you go and edit those shorter clips, whether it is vertical or, or horizontal, uh, it's a great opportunity to go in and bring in that, that B-roll and, you know, have a little bit of an animation or, a, you know, offer some more context. Uh, not just yes. because they're visually engaging things, but also because they help illustrate the points. Yeah, I would, I would 100% agree that you can almost completely disregard the video aspect of the live stream and utilize just the audio and, you know, punch it up, add some stock footage, some B-roll, some, you know, fancy graphics. I think that's a great idea for sure. Okay, so this is the video and live streaming show. I'm John, La John Lacey, and it's always a good sign when I can't even say my own name, but <laughs> bear with me. It is Saturday morning here in Australia, but I am John Lacey, and I'm joined by my co-host, Sam Proof. Today, we're talking all about content repurposing. So how can we uh, extend the life of those amazing things you've created and put out into the world? Um, Sam, this wasn't even on, on my list, but it's just something that pops into my head uh, a moment ago. How do you feel about reusing uh, live stream shows in their entirety? I know there are a lot of third-party tools that will actually let you take the recording and then post it again as sort of a pretend live stream. Do you oh, think that's oh, a good idea? Live as live? Just... Yeah, yeah. yeah. VOD, VOD as live, I should say. Um, it's, it's interesting. I think it really depends on what the show is, how big your audience is, and, you know, if there's a demand for that sort of thing. Um, I, I don't think it's that effective for a smaller channel, more or less. I mean, we technically do it on the, the cute avalanche channel when we can't do night vision or if the cats have to go to a, like a vet appointment, we will run a like playlist. Uh, it's not a full live stream, but it is clips from live streams. Um, but to take something like our show, I think would potentially work because we have a topic and we're not relying strictly on chat interaction. And I think that is the defining factor on will this work as a replay, uh, a rerun, if you will, um, or not, is does this you know, format rely heavily on interacting with the live chat? Because if it does, somebody watching after the fact is going to be like, how come they never answer me? I've been mm. typing all this time and it just doesn't happen. Um, and I think you know, you've, got to, you've got to set that expectation yes. because, you know, people will be chatting to you and they'll be yeah. like, why are you ignoring me? And then, right. you know, hopefully, uh, you know, I, I, I don't think it's a terrible idea. There are sometimes... Um, I guess, I, I think in terms of Twitter, where there is sort of, or there was, I, I can't keep up with the, the Twitter developments. 
Um, but there was a certain uh, number of minutes uh, that are you know of of shortness of of length that the video could be to upload it directly. And mm, for a little while, great. I was using Restream to send longer videos to Twitter as a destination. But um, I, I guess you know, to your point, it is really important to set those expectations. So you know, whether you are doing that or not, just let people know because. You know yeah. the the potential to to feel ignored is is so great in a, a live stream, and it could it could happen for a whole bunch of different reasons. And I guess one thing I do see from time to time is that there are video podcasts, and they might be live, they might be recorded, but either way, they're just not acknowledging the audience at all. And sure. I think um, I, I I almost feel like that's that's a trap, and I, I would almost encourage yeah. people to to upload it as a pre-recorded video and make sure people were aware that that was the case rather than just put it up there. Or if you can, put it up there and then acknowledge the chat within the chat. And again, some platforms let you do that better than others. So keep that in mind as well. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Like literally on Twitch, they have a requirement that if you're going to do that, you have to toggle on a uh, an, uh, an option they have on their dashboard that says that it's a rerun um or replay uh along those same lines yeah like what you said if you if you're doing it as a live i've seen people do like they've got their their you know phone going and they're on tiktok and then it's burned in like live on twitch and then that's where they're actually reacting to people and i'm like i i get it but that looks desperate (laughs) just (laughs) it just looks like you're desperate to you know bring traffic over and you're not talking to the twitch or tiktok at all it's it's pointless uh and i'm sure they they love that (laughs) as a platform (laughs) (laughs) absolutely so um i i guess you know let's we've spoken a lot um about sort of repurposing that that video content um but let's let's talk about remixing it in perhaps a more general sense so Mm -hmm. you know it's i i I certainly think for a lot of platforms it is worthwhile to just share the same content in the same way at another time some of the social media platforms have a very short uh half-life if you will Um, So sometimes that is worthwhile, but I think another really powerful opportunity is to go in and make some changes to that existing content, maybe bring a whole bunch of different things in together at the same time and build something, uh, you know, new from those existing components. Sometimes that will require that you actually go in and maybe record a few extra things. So maybe you need to be on camera, maybe it's a voiceover just to to piece a couple of different ideas together, but I think that can be really, really powerful. Um, I guess, Sam, like, how do you... I I guess what I think I know about you, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that you really like to put something out there and then move on to the, the next thing as soon as possible. <laughs> to a fault, yes. I mean, I yeah, and I, I'm trying so hard to learn from your example to do better with this. Uh, but yeah, that has always been... Uh, sort of my Achilles heel is like the second I've gotten through the creative process, I have washed my hands of it. I am done. Put it out into the ether. I don't even tweet about it half the time. And it's like, <laughs> and I'm like, and I know it's, I don't take my own advice on this. And I'm like, I get what needs to happen. And I just, I'm so excited about doing this other thing now. Um, so yeah, no, don't be me. Be a John. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, but but I guess one place where you probably are doing this a little bit better than than me, um, and pro- pro- probably because I take myself too seriously and don't like having any fun. But um, in terms of like meme formats and yeah. and trending audios and things, I I don't have a great deal of interest in those things, but. I know that there are people flocking around that particular content, and I think this is something that you use um, a lo- certainly a lot better than me, which is not saying much because I'm not using them at all. But uh, I guess how do, how do you feel about that as as a piece of content and maybe as a way of remixing some existing content? Yeah, I mean, a lot of that is that it's it's fast and easy. Like you know, I spent a lot of you know the last decade and a decade and a half uh pouring like hours and hours and hours if not days into a single edit for a video that would get 10,000 views uh and now thanks to all of these meme based shorts i can spend 10 minutes tops 2 minutes normally on a video that will get 10,000 views um whether or not that has the same kpis after the fact that's a whole other story but you know uh, view facing, it feels like the same reward, right? So there's the thing with this is like CapCut, and this is why I use CapCut so much, makes it very easy. There is a whole library out there of just UGC templates that are these meme things that you can just take a clip of something and drop it in, whether it is a soundbite from uh, a stream you've done or just even a picture of something that you're doing and you know half the time it really only needs to be a picture or just a soundless clip with this meme over it that's like hey unveils large red you know curtains look at this thing i did (laughs) and then it's there's my podcast or there are my kittens or you know and you can use the same one like multiple times i don't think you could do it every day but maybe once a month you could use that same meme uh and get away for it for a little while Uh, so yeah it's very fast uh content to be made and shared and I guess I've like I've seen people essentially create their own meme formats uh, mm-hmm. in the sense that the setup to the video will always be the same and it'll always be in the same location and from the same uh, camera angle, but yep. then maybe the, the setup and the punchline are different. Um, but mm-hmm. again, they're still in the same sort of context. So I don't know. I guess it, there are things that people are obviously attracted to and are very happy to watch over and over again. Um you know, I, I've, I've mentioned in a previous show that I'm a big fan of the, um, I'm, I was born a dog. I identify as a dog, but according to my mom, I'm just a baby. Like I can yeah. watch that stuff till the end of time. There are other things that I, I, I do have a lot less tolerance of. And I think I, I have a weird relationship with TikTok specifically, um, sure. because it's, it's it's enjoyable and it's mindless. But I just I, I feel like it's the junk food of of content creation. Like I, I enjoy it, but I don't know that I'm necessarily fostering great relationships with with these people. But and it's kind of the reason I've just pulled back a little bit. I don't think it's the best use of my time personally. But again, your your mileage may vary for, you, for your projects. So yeah, keep keep doing what you're doing. But I guess. The other thing about that is uh, you do need to be a little bit mindful of how you create those videos. If you're using audio, how do you add that audio per service? Because it might be licensed on one platform and not the other. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so those are certainly things to, to keep in the back of your mind as, as you move forward. But again, I, I, I think there's really a great opportunity to infuse um, some humor and, you know, just to, like I said, take yourself less seriously than I do. Uh, because I think that that's a great bonding opportunity between you you and a potential audience. So, yeah, yeah and, and I I think um, with a lot of these sort of meme formats, there's the the sort of game of the meme is really there's a couple dozen possible you know things. Like a lot of these memes really play the same sort of game. So if you can be aware of that enough, you can almost make your own. Um, sort of soundbite list of like this is the clip i would use in any meme that's like oh it's a weird i have a fish out of water scenario or uh unveiling my work of art thing which is very popular like (laughs) and you could almost jump on those trends faster you know and be like oh it's another one of these unveiling ones i know exactly what i'm gonna put because i have this list it's one of these three clips boom you know so another spreadsheet that I'm working on. <laughs> <laughs> and again, I, I, I'm sure we've we've seen at least one of your spreadsheets on the show before, but they are really something to behold. So uh, it was really funny. At one point, I, I, I put together like a really, really basic spreadsheet for our content planning for this show. And I thought, I hope Sam's okay with this. And then I completely forgot that, you know, he lives and breathes spreadsheets every day. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, you know, it's certainly nothing that, that he, he needs to be scared of, but... I guess the other thing that I do see that is potentially both funny and entertaining is that I see a lot of people playing different characters and mm-hmm. there are a lot of bad wigs on, on TikTok, let's be real. But it is it is often a really entertaining way of, of articulating a point. And I don't know the woman's name to save my life, but um, there is one woman that sort of has these... She dresses up as different characters and essentially talks about work and work boundaries um mm. and they're really entertaining but they they do have a have a real message behind them as well yeah. so at, that might be another sort of thing to consider so this is the the video and live streaming show i'm john lacy and i'm joined by sam proof as always today we're talking all about repurposing your content to get a sort of a longer lifespan out of those things that you've put your your time and energy into so um we're gonna continue with that in just a second but right now the obligatory shameless plug for my podcast. I'm John Lacey, and in Build a Presentation Muscle, I want to talk about finding your voice, refining and sharing your message, using tools and technology to share that message, and looking after yourself as a creator. And you can check that out on johnlacey.com or wherever you get podcasts, even though a lot of the podcasting experts hate it when you say that. Um, but certainly, if you if you search your podcast app uh, of choice and can't find it, it's called Build a Presentation Muscle. Yeah. Let me know and I'll, I'll try and get it added in there as well. So, yeah. I just wanted to mention that uh, we're up to, uh, I think I just did episode five. Um, episode six is actually cool. going to be the first interview. I've, I'm speaking with somebody about... Overcoming their their fear of being on camera and also yes. how they use LinkedIn and other services uh, as community building and and collaboration. So nice. really looking forward to sharing that with everybody. So check it out if if you're interested. 
Yeah, you can you can also find this live stream as a podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Oh, I'm not supposed to say that. Is that the? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but basically, ba- uh, apparently, based on the poll that I did, I should only be telling people Apple uh, on Apple Podcast. <laughs> that seemed to be the majority, and then a M- most people. Others. Yeah, I mean, Apple is is far and away the the number one destination and the interesting thing is even a lot of the indie podcast apps still use the search engine from apple to to let you find things yeah spotify is in the the number two position so again like it's we've got this stuff everywhere so just enjoy it where you enjoy it although you know if you want to let us know where you're enjoying it that might be useful feedback as well yeah but speaking of podcasts, that is another potential place that you can reuse your content in audio form and in some cases, video form as well. Uh, yeah, you can archive your videos uh, or live streams on YouTube, which now has a playlist tab that has promised to eventually create an RSS feed where you could then feed that out to like your feed burner or your Spotify to then send that to other uh, podcast locations as well. Or just, I think um, yeah. it's it's and admittedly it's early days, but I know that um, there were some leaked documents about how that integration oh. works, and that that's really? a much longer conversation. I might pick up some re- resources later, but basically, oh. the I, I think what they're proposing is that uh, they will ingest your RSS feed, so it comes from from a third party oh. uh, platform. Okay. Um, but they did. Ha- they do seem to have some stipulations in terms of not including advertising and, and a whole bunch of different things. Which interesting. The well, audio we'll first podcasting see. community have a lot of feelings about. Yeah, so that's that's well, a whole other show. That's fine. Um, I'm already uh, ingratiating <laughs> myself into the Spotify world, so like I'm not changing that anytime soon. <laughs> sure. Okay, cool. So this is the the video and live streaming show. I guess before we go any further, I really do want to ask you to like and subscribe wherever yeah. you happen to be watching this different uh, this this content. Um, we go out to a whole bunch of different platforms um, on both Sam's uh, properties and, and mine as well. So if you could do that, that would be awesome. Again, if there are specific topics you'd like us to talk about, um, let us know in the chat. We'd love to to hear from you in that regard. I guess, like you know, Sam. I guess one of the assumptions that's built into that podcast move is that there are potentially different platforms that that might be worth exploring. And we know that these things tend to come and go from time to time. Um, So I guess how how would you um, actually end up... um, I, I, you know, how, how do you feel about a, a, if you were to go to a new platform, whether it's a video platform or a social media platform, is that a good opportunity to go through the archives and maybe upload some of the, the existing content or would you be, would you prefer to just start from scratch? Yeah. I mean, it, I think it depends on what you as a creator are creating and how timeless or timely that particular content is. Um, but yeah, I think that is a good opportunity to look back on your archive and schedule out a bunch of things, uh, you know, in theory. Um, and if that's easy to do, great. I, you know, with, with a lot of these new platforms, I wouldn't want to put too much effort into it because it might just be a flavor of the month that dies down in, you know, a two month span or a year it's gone or whatever. Um, but be cautiously optimistic you know, I, whenever there's a buzz about something, at least register. So I get my screen name because one too many times that I didn't, 
uh, <laughs> and you gotta, you just gotta protect your brand. Um, so yeah, I mean, if, if your content, uh, is done in a way that is easily re-listenable, I say, yes, yeah, start there, start with the archives and put it out there, uh, and see what happens and, you know, pay attention to what, what kind of interactions and return you're getting on it on that platform to see if it's worth really investing more time on it. And it is, uh, like, it's 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 a thing that I've been thinking about a lot lately is that, you know, you can have preferred destinations and potentially push yeah. all the audience to YouTube, for example. And that is actually something I'm sort of interested in exploring. But I guess the other thing, too, is, and we spoke about this in the, the multicasting episode, the fact that you're going out to different places and you have recordings in different places, it sort of helps you hedge your bets a little bit. So if one of those places does, uh, you know, cease to exist, which happens with social yep. media platforms all the time, you know, you're not necessarily starting from scratch. So I guess it, it probably does depend a little bit on your audience. And, and again, that is something I am really interested in exploring over the next month or so. Yeah. Um, I, and I guess I, I sort of mentioned Tanya Smith earlier uh, as part of that Camtasia demo, but I, she's currently doing a, a sort of a live streaming summer school um, and where she would normally broadcast to a whole bunch of destinations, she's decided, no, it's, it's all happening on YouTube. You've got to come to YouTube or you miss out. And I think... As a potentially as a strategy to build your YouTube channel, I think mm -hmm. that's that's probably a really good idea, and I really yeah. do want to do that myself. So again, I, I guess keep an eye out for the invitations for this show moving forward because we might switch it up a little bit. But uh, mm -hmm. again, this is only something I'm thinking about <laughs> and sharing in real time, which I probably shouldn't spring on, <laughs> on poor Sam. While he's no, just I mean I was, we've had this conversation in bits and pieces in the past, and and I think it is definitely a conversation worth having. You know, the the beauty of this is very sidebar from really repurposing, but in a way it's, we're talking about putting your content out in as many places as possible. And, you know, uh, multicasting to a bunch of different streaming locations is great in the sense that you can kind of dip your toe in the water here and there and there and there and see what the response is. Um, but also there's something to be said about, okay, maybe I've got two people watching here and two people watching on Facebook and two on YouTube. But if I focus all of my energy on just YouTube, I now have 10 people watching on YouTube and maybe that would actually boost discovery in their algorithm a little bit higher. So it is something to be considered. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I just feel like it's something we don't have a definitive yes or no answer for right now. Sure. And I mean, maybe we never will, but again, <laughs> I think it's, I'm just really fascinated by it because I think... Um, you know, Sam, every time we talk, Sam says, don't spread yourself too thinly. And I kind of, I just, I create the things and I just upload them to all of the places and I don't really care. And I, I don't always get a lot of traction on a lot of these places, but I think it already exists. I might as well. Mm -hmm. um, but I think especially for, I, I kind of want to niche down in terms of a couple of destinations that I'm really interested in building. Um and also, I, I kind of want to niche down a little bit differently. So again, I'm I'm still very much in the process of figuring all that out. So I'll let you know in the coming weeks and months how that unfolds. But um, and, and maybe that's potentially a topic we could discuss on the show more generally. Yeah. If that is something you'd be interested in hearing about, let us know in the chat. We'd love to hear from you. 
So, Sam, as we begin to wrap up the show, um, I, I guess, do you have any final thoughts about repurposing content? Maybe a place somebody could could start if they are just getting started? Yeah, I mean, take take whatever you've done and, uh, and really just go through it with a fine-tooth comb. Like, uh, there is a creator balance that needs to happen where... Uh, and to my own fault, I do this, you know, where you do something and you put all of the time and effort into the creation and then none of the time and effort into the promotion. And really a lot of what this repurposing content is, is promoting. It is creating the trailer for the feature film. And in the, you know, the world of entertainment, it's more like 90% promotion, 10% product. So take that... (laughs) Mm-hmm. concept and really lean into it i think is the is the advice i would give and it's funny uh you, i sort of think about some of those large properties like yeah marvel films where they already have a huge following but they spend so much money yes. on actually promoting them each time and i guess you know it seems to work for them so i guess it's it's always a good opportunity to uh you know just bring bring up the thing that you've done and and share it again i know like as creators we can be quite close to the things we create and it can be a little self-conscious to do that but you know, you've got to keep in mind that people aren't seeing these things all the time, so it is right. worth unpacking. I guess the other thing that um, we didn't mention was that there is a great opportunity to collate your work um, in different formats. So whether that is bringing related videos into a YouTube playlist, whether that's actually creating yeah. a long blog post and incorporating some of those videos. And you can embed YouTube shorts into a blog post. Uh, that is that is a thing you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, you know, there are all kinds of things. And I guess the other thing I, I do see on YouTube from time to time is people will make 10, 15-minute videos about a particular subject and they will actually create compilations of those videos. Yeah. So if you want to watch scary, weird things caught on camera, you can watch a single video that goes for two or three hours if you wanted to. And I know some people will probably immediately go, who on earth would want to do that? But these things are getting watched. They are getting views. So again, it, it may just be a, an opportunity to think about how you're repackaging these things. Yeah. I guess the other thing too is if you do go through your own archives and you see a progression or a transformation um, or some underlying themes, like I would encourage you to think uh, almost like a documentary maker and just sort of clip those things together. And we know that, you know, documentaries use those those voiceovers to connect different pieces. They use photographs. They use um, newspaper clippings. There are all kinds of bits of content that are already in your, your existing library. Maybe you need to think about how they look um, and, and relate to your branding um, and put that together. But it's the beautiful thing about sort of video editing is you can compile all these things together in a really nice succinct package. So... I, I guess I would just encourage you to think about some of the possibilities there, and they, they really are endless. I mean, don't don't get overwhelmed. Think about what you right. want to do this week, um, but just keep some of those things in in the back of your mind. And I think whether you do this on on paper or whether you do it electronically, just have a place where you can you can dump all your your ideas. So if you are having a week where you're like, I don't know what to, to share or write or, or record or post or whatever, that you do have a place to, to go back to where you've thought about these things ahead of time. 
Yeah. And, and along those lines, you, you should really look at your week and schedule days for specific tasks. Like this is going to be a day in which I review footage. This is going to be a day in which I uh, do all of my graphic mockups. This is going to be a day where I do editing and clipping and things like that. So that you don't go, okay, I'm going to take this one project and I'm going to make 50 different things from it. And then three things in, you're like, I'm so lost and tired. Cause that's the quickest way to burn out is to try and do a million different things from in, in one day. <laughs> like, And that that's a great point. And to be honest, as someone who spends a lot of time in front of a computer, all kinds of parts of my body are aching at any given moment in time. And I did find <laughs> yeah. like, you know, the idea of clipping up, five or six clips from an hour's worth of video was just excruciating. But I thought, what's the next step? Can I open the software? Can I drag in the clips? Can I listen to some of it and put up some some markers, you know? And then just move away from the computer as you need yeah. to. So, like, whatever you need to do, whatever whatever works for you is is wonderful. But um, I guess, you know, don't don't post once and, and forget about it forever. Um, I, I mean, maybe there's an opportunity to redo something from scratch and maybe... As your skills develop, uh, you know you'll you'll have better ways of doing it or different ways of doing it. That's all good as well. But um, I I guess I just I don't want people to burn out because they are starting from scratch every single time. Yeah. Okay, Sam. So where can people find out more about you and what's your content and all that good stuff? Yeah, you can find all my links over at my website, samproof.tv, and uh, look for me live on Twitch and uh, find those shorts over on TikTok. Nice. And if you want to catch up with anything I'm doing, you can head over to johnlacy.com. I've got all the social links at the, the bottom of the page. But of course, there are a whole bunch of articles there as well and videos and uh, content about OBS Studio, which is one of my favorite things in the world. So um, have a... Okay, I just pressed a button on my that's, that's my great. stream deck accidentally and something <laughs> popped up. Although, hilariously, that is the vertical plugin. And I, I just yeah. want to note, this is something that we do actually use yep. to record uh, a version of this show. And it helps me speed up the production of... Uh, of those 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 clips uh, for for YouTube and and Reels and TikTok and whatnot. So yeah, that's uh, thank thank you to everybody who's joined us in the chat again. Uh, you know, if you are watching later on, make sure you get involved with that hashtag Team Replay. Uh, but we'll be back again same time next week to talk about more video and live streaming topics. Again, if there's something you would like to hear us cover, let us know what that might be, and we'll talk to you again soon.